Jesus. God, you are awesome. We thank you for your divine love for us. We do, Lord. We thank you for your love, which doesn't depend on us, but depends on you. It doesn't depend on our performance, but it depends on your grace and mercy. It doesn't depend, Lord, on our reputation, but it depends on your character and who you are, because God is love. We thank you for your love. God, we love you, and we're so grateful that you love us, and you accept us, and you you embrace us in your arms, Lord, today. We love you, Lord, and Destiny, and all those people that are watching us right now. We lift up our hallelujah, and we say thank you, Lord, for loving us, for your love, for your grace, for your mercy, for your goodness. And all God's people said, Amen. get used to it, all God's people said, in a little while, you're going to know what that means, maybe more than what you did before. But one more time, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen or Amen or whichever one you want to say. Just one more time. Amen. Okay. Thank you very much. Please be seated. We're talking today to you about the power of Amen. Thank you, Destiny Worship Band. You did as normal and awesome job. And thank you also to all those people that serve us so well in our welcome team, the car park team, the catering team, the children's ministry team, the, the uh, tech team up there working just to make this accessible to everybody who's watching us at home. Uh, we, we love you and thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, if you're ever near Wakefield or can make it into these services, then you are going to be most welcome. This is the first of two services that we have on a Sunday. Second service uh, comes at 11 and, uh, you know, second service is pretty well look for a seat to sit in. Uh, that, that's great. And wasn't it a pack out last Sunday? What an awesome Sunday we had, and so many people were still away, and I never want to say this, but I'm glad some of you were away last Sunday, or else we'd have not known where to sit yet, but, but thank God for that. You are in the right place at the right time, no doubt about it, with the right people for the right purpose, because as you committed your way to the Lord, He directed your paths. That's here, that's now. Do I hear an amen in the house? The last word of most prayers spoken, use the word what? Amen. The last verse of the Bible finishes with the last word of the Bible is. Amen. But what does it mean? You know, a film comes up and at the end it says the end. And sometimes people think the word am, a amen means the end. Actually, it means the exact opposite of that. <laughs> It means what is about to come is going to come, and it's not the end of anything. It means something good is about to happen because God said it. The actual literal definition of the Hebrew word, and it is a Hebrew word, and it's spelled A-A-M-A-N in the Hebrew, aman, but the anglicized version of that is amen, and it's been translated around the world. Every, every country that you go to, every country that I go to, you say amen, and everybody knows exactly what you mean. It's a bit like the word okay. Okay, and coffee. That seems to go around the world, doesn't it? <laughs> and chocolate. And one or two other words. That are, but amen has gone around the whole world. So what does it really mean? Well, you, you will have heard other preachers say, it just means so be it. But what does that mean? Well, so being it, it is an affirmation of the sovereignty and the ability and the reliability of God that if God said it, it's going to be. 
No doubt, no ifs, no buts, no second chancing. It will be if God said it. You know, our politicians set out their manifestos, we will do this. How many of you are tired of hearing what the politicians want to tell us? We will do this. Judge me by our actions until it goes to a democratic vote in the House of Parliament and it gets voted down. Then I will do this now becomes I wanted to do this, but actually the opposition stopped me or popular opinion arose and it stopped me and we listen to their pledges and their manifestos and we say well it will be so but it's dependent on this and this and this I'm going to tell you something today and you need to get hold of this truth right at the beginning of this message the outcome of what God has said he will do is dependent on no one else except for God himself there is nobody higher there is no authority bigger it's not democracy. There is nobody higher. Don't know if God says he can do something. I want to tell you something. He can do it. He will do it. And there is no one, no power in hell, nothing in the past, nothing in the present, nothing in the future, no combination of, of the demons of hell and, you know, popular opinion or anything else can stop him because he is the sovereign Lord. I love the fact that Jesus is Lord. So amen means he can do it. He will do it. Not just he can, he will do it. When you say amen, you see, we say amen to all sorts of things and, and we, don't, we have no idea what we're saying. You know, sometimes in my travels to Africa, you will get a preacher who stands up to go and preach and, he, and, and uh, the congregation's half asleep, so he stands up there with, with, with due consideration to all the Africans that are here and are watching and will be in our second service, they stand up here and they go, Amen! Amen! You know, and you, you know what I'm on about, don't you? You've, everybody's been to Africa and they all have to shout back, Hallelujah! And, hallelujah! Amen! And you think, like, whoa, hang on a minute, what are you saying? You see, we, are need, to, we need to have a something to say Amen to. It's not just, you might as well say, Wakey, wakey! which is what they're doing, really. And I'm not criticizing them for that, but I want to bring the gravitas to the word amen. If you're saying amen, so be it, we've got to ask the question, so be what? What are we saying amen to? We're saying, it's not even I'm saying I agree, and so God, you've got my permission. We're saying I agree because actually I don't want to disagree with God when he, God has said something. To say amen means I align myself with the promise of the word of God. Saying amen means I am in the place where I said if God said that, then it will be. It's a bit like Mama Rachel when she says it will be. Guess what? But God's even bigger than that because he stands, be the Bible tells us that he stands behind his word to perform it. So he, and there's nobody greater, the Bible talks about there's nobody greater than him that he swears by. He's not answerable to anybody. He's not under the power or authority or the influence of, the outcome is not in question. Every promise he ever made, he stands behind his promise. He, he is the God who said it, and because he said it, we can say, Amen. Amen. Just watch this verse in 2 Corinthians. Let's read it very carefully together. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. For it says, no matter how many promises God has made, 
All of them. The whole lot. Every promise. They are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. God says yes, and we agree by saying amen. The amen is spoken by us. If you wanted a verse to underline the, 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 the reality or the importance of this message, that is the verse. No matter how many promises, they're yes. And the amen is spoken by us. But do we say amen? See, sometimes there's some of those promises that I have to say to you. I read and I say, oh, let's see how it turns out. I hate that phrase. Let's see how it turns out. Faith says it will turn out like he said, he said, like he said it would turn out. Faith says, you see, amen is an issue of faith. Amen is not just a word that's spoken like, okay. Faith is saying, I agree with what he just said, what I've just read. I agree. I'm coming into a place where I align my faith with the promise of the word of God and say whatever he just said will be, so be it. So faith becomes an affirmation of truth. I'm affirming this is the truth concerning me or concerning the times in which we live, or concerning our church, or concerning one another. Whatever promise in the book, we should be ready to say amen. And it's a challenge to us. It's a challenge to your faith. It's a challenge to my faith that when we read the promise of the Bible, we don't just pass over it quick and say, oh, well, you know, what will be, will be. Now, that's not faith. That's not Bible. What will be, will be. But actually, we need to be aligned with it and say what he said will be will be so be it that's our faith in alignment with the word of God there are several other simile words that are translated um, sometimes in the Hebrew it would have been amen but when it comes to the English translation they use some different words sometimes so surely is amen truly is amen and just for Elder Graham verily out of the King James Version, is amen. You go back and you read them in the original, and you will say, you know when it says, verily, verily, I say, surely, surely, or truly, truly. It is, the, the, the actual word is, amen, amen. It is, this is what God has said, so so be it, so be it. And many times when those phrases are used, if you go behind, the English has put it out as surely, surely, or whatever else, but actually in the original, it just says, amen, so be it, this is the truth. It's not the end of a film. It's not just something to be attached to the end of, of, of a Bible reading or a prayer. You know, we've always taught our kids when they were young. We now do it with all of our grandchildren. You know, when we say grace around the table, I hope you do that. You know, we, we thank God. Sometimes we thank God for all sorts of things. Uh, one, one of our children used to um, pray a prayer of grace over the table and said, oh, Lord, please make this food taste good. I mean, can you imagine that? <laughs> or, or please, Lord, help me to get this broccoli down my throat, you know, or something. It's like, you know. <laughs> but, but then we always, we always like this idea, you know, around the table that everybody says it out loud, amen, so be it. Because when you say, you're not just thanking God for the food, but when you're praying like that, you can say, Lord, thank you for your blessing over our family. Amen. Thank you for our blessing over this day. Amen. Thank you for your promises concerning us. Amen. It's a good thing to say 
amen or amen, whichever it is. It's saying without a doubt, what God said will be, will be. It's declaring God's faithfulness. If God said it, how many of you know he's a faithful God to fulfill it? He's reliable. Amen. He's trustworthy. He is absolutely sincere in what he said. He never said something to tease us. He never said something to, you know, fertilize our imagination, but actually he delivers less than what he said. I want to tell you something. Every promise, that's what we've just read, every promise is yes. And we need to say amen. We're declaring God to be absolutely faithful. In doing so, we end up in agreement with God. Because if God said he's going to do it, and we say amen, then God and me, God and you, come into a place of agreement. When we're together like this as a church, if God is saying something to us, and you say amen, and I say amen, and you say amen, and you say amen, and you say, and you say amen, then the power of that agreement is completely awesome. Let's read some of those verses which underline that truth. In Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19, it says, I tell you that if two of you agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Powerful agreement. God says, when you agree with me, whoa, we're in a strong position. We're in a strong position because if you agree with God, you know that you're agreeing with what's going to happen. Because it's not dependent on me to make what God said happen. God will do whatever he said he will do. But when I, when I align myself in faith and I agree with him, there's a powerful thing. And when we come together and we pray and we're in agreement together, that is powerful. That, that's why the Bible says in Amos chapter 3, verse 3, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? It's very difficult. Sometimes you see a husband and wife, and they're not agreed, and, and you know they're together, but they're not walking together. Sometimes you see friends together, and they, they, they smile with each other, but they're not agreed. God wants us to be agreed, agreed that we can say our, our men to one another, so that we're absolutely in the place where we say what God has said, that is the way it's going to be, and I'm agreeing with him, and when you agree with that same promise, me and you are agreed, because we can't agree with him and not agree with each other. Those are the verses of the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, it says, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that, you, that all of you agree with one another so that there are no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. See, the issue isn't that you agree with me or I agree with you. The issue is we agree with God. And when we agree with God and you agree with God, we're agreed. That's the place of agreement where God's will is being done and we agree with God. And actually, my opinion or your opinion doesn't count very much when it comes to agreeing with what God has said. God has said good things about you. He said good things about me and we agree. You see, in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30, about talking about agreement, he says, he who is not with me is against me. You know, Jesus was very clear. You're either agreeing or you're not. Some, sometimes we, you know, I, I, I found comfort in that as well, that sometimes people who, who are not with me, well, they're not just not with me, they're against me. And, and that's, that's a place of agreement. 
I want to be with God, don't you? I want to be agreeing with God. I want to agree with His Word. I want to agree with His will. I want to agree with that. And when you agree with the same thing, then we are in agreement because we're not, it's not mine and yours agreement that we came to it in our mind. It's our agreement because of what God has said. We agree with God's Word and we say amen. The Bible says further in Mark chapter 3, 25, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. So we need to be in a place. We need to be careful that we agree with what God is saying. You know, I've, I've seen churches who have been in disagreement over, I mean, in the years that have gone by, over drums being played in, in worship. And the people who sat on this side, they, they liked the drums, and the people who sat on this side didn't like the drums. They thought they were ungodly. It's like, and then they stand to worship the one God who says, well, anyhow, you know what I'm talking about. It's like a crazy situation. Let's just agree with God. Oh, by the way, when it comes to worship, God's got an agreement that he says for us when we come. Let's come with singing. Let's come with dancing. Let's come with shouting. Let's come to bow down. Let's play musical instruments. Let's play the, the harp and the lyre and the drums. and the, you know, and all, all of it is permissible when it is done in worship to God. Amen? See, it's the power of the amen that brings the unity of faith. That's what makes it so unit, so powerful. When you say amen to the promise of God, and I say amen to the, to the power of God, we're in great unity. We're in harmony together because of God's word. I'm not going to try and live in unity with you just because we like the same things. You know, when you just are together because you like the same things, you're the same sort of person, you know, you're like, you've got the same sort of fashion ideas, you, you like the same food, you like the same clothing, you like the same restaurant, you like the same, so we are together. No, 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 that's a, that's a convenience get together with an, an elite club. But when we're together because we believe the word, when we're together because we believe the promises, when we're together because we actually believe the promise of God, you know what, you can have a different fashion to me, and we're together because of the promise of God. You can be a different age to me, but we're together because of the promise of God. You can become of a different nationality and a different culture than me, but we're together because of the amen of God. You can be of a different age, you can be of a different education, financial, whatever status, but we come before God and we are together because we are people who have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. We were looking at that last Sunday, and we're together because of that one thing. Jesus loves you, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. He loves me too, and when we agree with him, then we are together. It's powerful. In Mark chapter 11, verse 23, it says, I tell you the truth. Interesting there. Uh, just stop in that verse a minute. I did, did a word search on the word truth in that, and guess what the word truth is? Amen. That's what it says. In the original, it says, I tell you, amen. That's what it says. That's the original says that. So, amen is referring to the truth, is the truth. I tell you, amen. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he has said will happen, which is amen, it will be done for him. Wow, isn't that a powerful verse? When you understand what the words are, He's not just saying the truth, you know, well, you can interpret the truth, you know, and maybe, maybe even, you know. No, he's saying, I'm telling you the amen. 
This is the so be it. So be it that when you agree in prayer with somebody, so be it that when you are in a place of faith, you can say to the mountain, be removed to the sea, and it will be done for you. Amen. That's a power of agreement when you come together before the Lord. There's another interesting one in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. It says, truly, I tell you that if two of you agree, now the word truly there, translated in the English, guess what? Amen. That verse starts in the original with, amen. I tell you, if two of you agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. It's amen. Not just truly, it's amen. That's why I'm telling you about this word. It's, I've never preached on the word amen. Here I am, nearly 50 years in full-time ministry, and, you know, 40, 43 years of age, and I know the master's in work, and I've never preached the sermon just on the word, one word, amen, and here I am doing it, and it was been like fresh to me, and I got excited about this. I said to Rachel midweek, I said, I'm ready to preach this, you know, and I've, I've just really caught my imagination. There's a revelation, something happened that every time you say amen, I'm agreeing with God who said every promise is yes, and you need to say amen, and this verse, truly, or it really means amen. See, where our agreement with the Word of God isn't something we should just, in, just internalize. We should internalize it. We shouldn't just say it and not mean it. But if we mean it, we should say it. It's like love. You know, there's no use me having, you know, my heart filled with love for my wife. 44 years on Friday. You know, and I come to Friday and I said, hey, oh, love, how are you? You know, I, I think I need to say something a bit more than that, don't I? anybody's got a nice poem you could write for me? <laughs> if anybody wants to buy some flowers that I can give to her. No, no. If, well, I'm sorry you're not going to get a poem. That's beyond my ability, I think. Roses are red, violets are blue. No, okay. But I, but I will tell you, and as I do every single day, I love you. Why? Because that's what my heart is full of. And we need to be ready to do that and to say that. Say that to God. You know, I love it when we come together as church. Aren't you glad that you don't go to a silent church? The first church of the dumb. You know, I mean, for goodness sake. I know that sometimes people, you know, they'll come to our church and they'll say, oh, it's too, too noisy. Well, don't go to an Italian restaurant. Go to, don't go to Leeds United. Don't go, <laughs> don't go to the rugby match. Don't go, you know, go, go and live in a little cabin up a hill. Because actually... Conversation and response and... I mean, why is it that every Italian restaurant you go to is, is loud and noisy? We, we, we had some dinner out at an Italian restaurant just recently. There was only about six of us there. I could hardly hear a talk. And I'm saying, where's all that noise coming from? But then you can go to the average church and it's quiet. Well, I'm glad Destiny's like, not like that. Amen? <laughs> We're a people who say so. We're a people who are ready to say Amen. Uh, not inappropriate. You know, it's, it would be inappropriate to, to say something. You know, Robert Wilson's not very well today, and he's, he's, he was taken into hospital with a bit of a, I, we're not quite sure, a bit of a dicky heart maybe or something like that. He's doing okay, by the way, today. You know, but if I were to have announced that and say, Robert Wilson's in, in hospital, and somebody shouts, Amen! 
you know, it's inappropriate, but it's not inappropriate to say, but you know, God is with him. Amen. And God's going to bring him through. Amen. You know, that, that we've, we've got to be appropriate in the moment, but actually we should have a, just like you're doing today. And every preacher loves it. You know that, don't you? And by the way, it's very biblical. See, is it? Oh yeah, let me describe a scene for you out of Nehemiah chapter 8. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, and the verse will start in verse 5, but I'm going to read it from verse 4. It says, Ezra the scribe stood up on a high wooden platform, built especially for the occasion. And beside him on his right stood Mattitiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and, and Makita. <laughs> or... And on the other's left side was Pediah, Meshiah, and another one, and another one, and another one. Why did they put all those names out there? I tell you, when Ezra was about to speak to the children of Israel, who'd been through a very tough time, and bring them the word of the Lord, he wanted by the side of him the people who were trustworthy, the people who were going to say, Amen, first, to his message. He didn't want somebody standing there and going, Really? I tell you, every one of his friends who was stood in line on that raised platform, you know the story in Nehemiah, you know, when Ezra came to do this, it was, children of Israel had a really rough time and they were coming back and they were regathering and, and the word of the Lord was about to change everything. And he wanted for the people to see that Ezra, Ezra the scribe who was bringing the word of the Lord that day was surrounded by people who were his Ameners, truly ameners. And they stood there, and then it comes into verse 5, which you should see up here. Ezra opened the book, and all the people could see him because he was standing above them. And he, it's a very biblical place that we're in this morning. <laughs> That's why we've got the stage it is. And he opened it, and all the people stood up. Go on then, let's, let's act it out. Come on, join me. Don't let, act, act it out. You can, if you can't stand it, okay, it's fine. There you go, Graham. It took a little while, but you got up. <laughs> all the people stood up, and Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands, and they responded. Amen. And Amen. that's what they did. That was not a quiet service. This was a mass gathering of the people of God, and the two words, the one word repeated twice, and you know when somebody is repeated, when something is repeated in the Bible twice like that, it's done there to make emphasis and to, to make it really serious, and when the word of the Lord came, the people of God said, Amen. and Amen. and then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground, it's okay, you don't have to do that. That's, that's fine. Thank you very much. You can be seated. What I'm saying to you is this. That's the way the church should be. That when the word of the Lord comes, we don't just sit and listen and drop off and dream and think like, oh, I wonder how much longer he's going to be. Well, if you look behind you, there's a clock up there. It tells me how long I've got. <laughs> it's not right this morning because you've got me in red already and I've actually got another few minutes to go. So you know how long I've got to be on. No, you're, you're there. You're hanging on to the word of the Lord. And you're saying, Amen! Amen! 
So, well, I, I, I don't like somebody who's too loud. Shouted out amen. We've got a few, haven't we? Well, we've got at least three. I won't name them. Richard. Oh, Tony. Martin. There's a few more. I don't embarrass anybody, but amen. You see, that's how we should be. I mean, just occasionally, and recently you've seen, you know, when there's been preaching and God has been speaking, we've had people stand up. You know, it happens to us a lot in the Africa, in Africa where people will stand up and then maybe they'll point at the preacher and they'll say, Amen. And, they'll st- and everybody goes, what's he standing up for? Well, I'll tell you what he's standing up for. He's connecting with the preacher. He's connecting with that moment of faith. He's connecting with that and saying, so be it for me. I don't know about this poor soul sat by the side of me who's still sat down half asleep. But for me, I'm standing up and I'm connecting with the preacher. That's, that's what happened. Don't call those people crazy. Only call them crazy when they stand up at the wrong moment. But if they're standing up and they're connecting with the truth, that's what we're talking about. The truth of the Word of God and the truth that has been delivered through the servant of God, then something incredible is happening. Hallelujah. One final verse. In Revelation chapter 7, it's going to be very amen in heaven as well. So if you don't like it now, you better get used to it. Or buy some earplugs. Or be the odd one out. Because Revelation chapter 7 and verse 11 and 12 says, And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. I need to preach a sermon about the four living creatures one of these days, but not today. Amen. And they fell down on their faces before the throne and they worshipped God by saying... There's no greater way than worship God than to say to him, so be it. There's, you give God his sovereignty. You agree with God. You are affirming his ability to be able to do what he wants to do by saying amen. So I encourage you, don't say, don't stay silent, say amen. You know, agree with the word of God. My concluding thought is this. You have a choice, whatever he says to you. Whatever he says to you. You're going to have to say yes and amen or, yeah, I'm not so sure. So when he says to you, I will forgive you your sins, what do we need to say? Oh, and we do that with gratitude, don't we? Or what about, I am the Lord that heals you, what do we say? Don't say it unless you're saying, so be it. This, this is what I'm talking about. It's not just a pitter-patter rhyme that we say. We're saying, here's the Lord that heals. It will be. And if you're sick, it will be for me. And if you know somebody who's sick, it will be for them. And I'm going to go and lay my hands on them and pray for them. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And what about this? I will never leave you or forsake you. And what about this? I will protect you. Oh, I feel so vulnerable. Really? Why do you feel vulnerable when the favor of the Lord will surround you like a shield? When God said he'll protect us. I will meet all your needs. Well, we're ready to say amen to that, particularly when there's a bill to be paid or we find ourselves in a difficult position. But I want to tell you something. God made a promise to you about 
your, all your needs being met and your, your prosperity. I will make a way for you. Well, I feel stuck right now, but I want to tell you something. We can say amen because God is waiting uh, to open doors for you. I'll bless you with long life. It's the promise of God. You and your house will be blessed. Peace I give to you. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Which, by the way, is at the end of the Ezra verse that we just read about when they said amen, amen, when he was stood on the end of the stage. If you read a couple more verses on, you'll find there that's where the verse comes from. No weapon that's formed against you will prosper. I will watch over my word to make sure it happens for you. You will fear no evil. I will protect you. I will deliver you from trouble. I will be your strong tower into which you can run. Oh, the Lord is your shepherd. You shall lack no good thing. Every promise in the book, every blessing that God ever promised is yes and amen. And if you'll say you're amen to the promises of the book, you align yourself with God's promise. And faith in agreement with that will release it to you. Being, uh, we'll see, we'll see. You see, the Bible says this in a place, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways and should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Which side are you coming down on? I'm coming down to say my amen to the promises of God. Amen. Hallelujah. This is a beautiful song that was, became popular, particularly during the pandemic. It's called The Blessing. And these guys are going to play it for us. I'm going to ask you, will you stand with me? While they do it, while they sing it, you could join in a worship. But in your heart, be ready to say to God, Amen. Whatever it is that you need, God has made a promise for it. You can say you're Amen. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, today's the day to make your faith secure. You can say, God, I, I want to get to know you. Come and talk to us afterwards. And we'll be very happy to talk to you about why it is that we're very excited about having an amen in our heart to the grace and favor of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, let's not be silent now. Let's sing our hearts out as we sing this beautiful, beautiful expression of praise and thanksgiving to God who has pronounced his blessing. Now, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord sh smile upon you. Be with you every single step of your journey and what he promised. He'll do it. Every promise, no matter how many they are, do you remember that verse? They are yes. And we say, Amen. God bless you. Lord.